Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Belvin, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. Hey, uh, this is a kind of an episode that I don't normally do. This is not my um, my modus operandi, is to talk about potential... Tr- ah, do you know what just happened? And this should be illegal. I have my... I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I have a computer up in front of me. A lot of times when I refer to facts, I refer to, to, to little tidbits that I throw in there. Sometimes I do have a computer screen up in front of me. I don't want you thinking your pal Sully is just doing this all from memory. That I'm, I'm Sometimes I'm like lying back with like a towel over my eyes, and this, it's all just coming to me. Or I mean kind of like that little bathtub, like the, the, the precogs in, in Minority Report. Are there? I'm just with my head going and say like, Yasiel Puig in the outfield, and it carves that on the little ball and it rolls down, and Colin Farrell gets it. Boy, oh boy, I'm going deep dive in my Minority Report references today. Uh, no, that's not the case. I sometimes have a computer screen up, and I happen to have a computer screen up right now for uh, that has MLBTradeRumors.com, one of the three best greatest websites in the history of the planet Earth. It's right up there. In fact, it links to BaseballReference.com, which is the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. But I was going there to just sort of make sure that if I make references to a story here or there, that I'm using actual facts. Well, it was up there for a while, and there was some sponsor or something for MLB Trade Rumors. I think it's L'Oreal. I think it's some hair product, okay? And... As the, the page is up, I guess if it sits there idle, like, you know, if you're reading it, or if you get the pages up, then an ad starts. If, if I've talked about this already, then forgive me. I've done 13, 20 of these, you know, 1,320 of these podcasts, so I may, the thing may slip my mind, or I may repeat myself from time to time. But you gotta, you got to give your pal Sully some slack. But sometimes it just sits there, and an ad just starts, and it's loud, it's like, if you use L'Oreal product on your hair, you have bouncing and behaving hair, or whatever the hell it is. And, I, and this time, it happened to be the tab that's up. And I just reached over, and you heard me do it in real time. I reached over, I hit mute on it, so you don't have to hear that again. But there are times that if you looked at my desktop, uh, I look like a maniac, where I'll have like five screens up, and each screen has about 25 tabs on it. Because I think it's like, I'm going to open a tab. Okay, where's that? Okay, open up a tab. I'm going to one more thing. I've got to open up a tab. And then next thing you, you, you go back, and closing the tabs is like this strange, horrifying recount of where my mind was going during that day. And sometimes one of those tabs is open, and there'll be a goddamn L'Oreal ad or something like that will start up. And I have to start clicking the way that Pacino was firing that machine gun at the end of Scarface, just click, click, click everywhere, da, 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 da. you know, just trying to find which tab is open that's playing the L'Oreal commercial. Now, fortunately, it was the one that was sitting right up here. 
With that being said, I hate that, especially if I'm watching something or someone's listening to something or doing something with a podcast. I'm listening for something, listening, or I'm editing an episode of Real Crime Profile, and I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, and then suddenly I get, hey, have you ever gone to L'Oreal? <laughs> Verbatim, that's what I say. So that's what happened. I had MLB trade rumors up and a L'Oreal commercial. That should be illegal. You should not be able to have the sound on an ad without consent, without saying, okay. Otherwise, it's just a pain in the ass. And believe me, I'm not buying a L'Oreal product. And this is not an ad for L'Oreal product. But let me rephrase that. L'Oreal, if you want to sponsor the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, shoot me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. Hey, question for you all uh, before I get to this topic. If I open up, I, I talked about a Patreon account a little while ago. I'm still toying with the idea of it. What sort of prize or gift or incentive would be something you would want if I say if you donate X amount or Y amount? Would it be a T-shirt? Would it be some of my hair? What would, what would it be? What kind of thing would you want from a Patreon account? Because your pal Sully's got to start making at least $9.22 a year from this podcast. Oh, that way, I'll break even. Okay, let's get down to brass tacks here. Um... Dodgers. Dodgers are in a, they're not in a good place right now. Now, granted, they're only five and a half games out of first place against, behind the San Francisco Giants. And Hunter Pence is going on the disabled list. Now, if you follow the Giants, you know that when Hunter Pence goes down, there is a huge effect on the Giants lineup, at least there was last year. When Hunter Pence was in there, the lineup was deep, and they wanted to crap load of games. When Hunter Pence is not in there, their offense has stagnated, and it allowed the Los Angeles Dodgers to catch up and eventually surpass the Giants last year. Now, as it stands, I think the Giants are a better team than the L.A. Dodgers this year. And I think one of the reasons is the Giants have, although I do think they could use another bullpen arm, I think the Giants have a much deeper and better pitching staff. And as of right now, they have a better lineup. Now, the I mean, the Dodgers right now, they have Clayton Kershaw, and that's he's the best in the business. He, you can make the argument he's the most valuable player in baseball right now. Uh, and they have Kenley Jansen, who is a very good bullpen closer and does a fine job. After that, their depth is not the great depth that people thought they were going to have. Kazmir. Uh, uh, Medea got off to a great start. He slowed down a little bit. Their bullpen doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of depth. Uh, Boslinger has done okay, not great. Julio Urias, I mean, he's only 19 years old. Who knows, he could step right in, but you have no idea. And you take a look at this team and you think, do you know what? This team really needs a boost in their outfield. I mean, Jock Peterson has been up and down. He's not having a great year. Puig's not having a great year. Carl Crawford is done. Sorry. Uh, Thompson's a nice player, but, you know, they need a little boost here and there. And they need to do something relatively quickly to give this team a boost because, guess what? We're, we're into June now. You know, you could say it's early, but a third of the season has gone by. And, I, I mean, I'm recording this during the afternoon of Friday, the third day of June. 
But as of the time I'm recording this, the Dodgers are just one game above 500. We're third of the way into the season, and they're basically break-even. And the team that they are chasing in the division right now has a much better pitching staff. And if they can find a way to get a outfielder, to pick up an outfielder, to give them a little bit of depth, then, because right now Pagan and Pence are both hurt, and they're relying a lot on Dernard Spann, if they can get one more outfielder to give the team that sort of balance in the lineup, I don't see the Dodgers catching the Giants. And... I don't see the Dodgers catching the Mets. I think the Mets are a better team. I sure don't see them catching the Pirates. I think the Pirates are a better team. I think the Nationals are a better team. And the Cubs are heads and shoulders above them. So they have to do something pretty quickly if they want to turn this into a competitive season in L.A. Now, one thing that they have tried to do, you know, they have the their deep pockets and they've made acquisitions to bring in big, huge players, of course, that those deep pockets couldn't keep Zach Greinke in L.A., and I still can't believe that happened. One of the things where their, their reach and their money and their deep pockets has tried to go and has really not been that successful has been to bring in the Cuban stars. Now, Yasiel Puig got off to a tremendous start in 2013, um, slowed down a little in 2014. Last year, you know, he had a down year last year, and this year, another down year. And you can't help but wonder, is was Puig a player who came up like a house of fire and they got their scouting reports on him? And, you know, his, his stats have gone down steadily each year. You know, it also, you know rookie of the year candidate first year, Legit all-star the second year, not so great last year, and this year, worse. I mean, that's a regression. And then you could point to, hey, they, they has now been scouted. People now know what to do with him. He's 25. He needs to have a really good second third of the season to turn 2016 around. If you take a look at some of their other big Cuban imports, Hector Oliveira was supposed to be the great infielder that was going to come in. They wound up dumping him off to the Braves in that weird three-team trade that didn't really seem to help anybody. And now he is, you know, his career is dead and good for him, you know, good for it because he's for the domestic violence charges. And there was, uh, how the hell do you pronounce his name? Erisabel... Uh, Arobera, Arobera. You know what? I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. And he came up as the hotshot shortstop in 2014. And guess what? He has not done piddly-poo for the L.A. Dodgers and right now is in double-A ball and having a terrible season in double-A ball. So I mean, their, their forays into Cuban stars has not been the great bounty that everyone thought it was going to be. And one of the most egregious ones is Alex Guerrero. Remember Alex Guerrero was supposed to be a big, huge star for the Dodgers, big you know, outfielder and infielder. They signed him to like a, what, $24, $25 million, something, a huge amount of money. 
to go to the minor leagues and come up and be the great big star that was going to you know light up baseball. And if you take a look, his first two, you know, he was a you know, tremendous power hitter, all around player for as many years in the Cuban National League. Came over, uh, lit it up in Single A Rancho Cucamongo, lit it up in Albuquerque. Came up to the Dodgers, was a part-time player in 2015. It was not not great. Nothing, nothing, you know, they wound up getting rid of Juan Uribe to make room for him, and eventually Justin Turner took the job. And this year has been, let's say it, he's not been good. He's not been good in Tulsa and in Oklahoma City. And he's 29 years old, and the Dodgers, despite owing him, Still owing, I mean, like they still owe like fifteen million dollars, I think, something in that ball, in that general ballpark, around fifteen million tomatoes. They designated him for assignment, and he cannot be sent to the minor leagues. So he's essentially he's going to be gone. They have to do something with him. Now this is a player who is twenty nine years old. I think that's all. It is. Yeah, he's twenty nine years old has shown ability in the minor leagues and obviously had something worthwhile to show. But it didn't work out in L.A. I don't know if it was the organization. I don't know if it was him. I don't know what's going on. But this is someone who, I mean, let's go to his splits in 2015. Because last year he came up and, you know, the first half of the season, you know, he put up some okay power numbers, did not hit badly, and the second half of the season was a disaster. And ultimately had to be, you know, he had a horrific July, found himself on the bench, and, you know, never got into the postseason. And, you know, hasn't played a game in the majors this year. And we're a third of the way through the season. There was ability there. You don't hand over 28 or however millions of dollars to someone and say, hey, you look rotten. Why don't we make you a millionaire? He obviously had ability, obviously was an elite player in the competition that he had. But for whatever reason, in an L.A. uniform, it hasn't worked. And this is where I'm going to bring up a pair of teams where pride and looking up and saying, hey, you were a great player. Why don't we give you an opportunity a clean slate to try again and to do so on a very high level. And I'll tell you, these two teams, they have one thing in common. Actually, they have two things in common. They have a hole at third base. And they also both played in the World Series last year. Of course, we're talking about the Mets, and I'm talking about the KC Royals. The Royals have the Moustakis injury, and is he, is he out for the year? Yeah, I mean, he's going to miss the rest of the season. And Moustakis is a critical part of their team. To be able to have a guy, you know, he's you know, a critical player, third baseman on their squad. Now, granted, they've already called up, and he owned baseball the other day. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Chesler Cuthbert. They've already called him up, and they also have Hunter Dozier, who has ability there. And so they may be able to fill in these spots from within. But, and, and, and also, um, I believe, I, I could be wrong here, and I've been wrong before, 
But I believe uh, Christian Cologne, whose one job it is is to get clutch hits in the postseason, I believe he can play some third base as well. So they can cut and paste something together. But what I'm talking about is getting a player with ability and whose pride has been wounded to come back and try to have that revenge play. If they can get him, if they could get um, Guerrero and say, hey, 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 sit down. This team you played for in Los Angeles thinks so low of you, they're going to pay you to not play. They will they'll dump you. They don't even want you here. They designate you for assignment. Do you understand that is like the worst thing they could do to a player? Is that what you want? Is that who you are? Tell you what, we'll give you a spot here with the world champion, Kansas City Royals. Show us what you can do. Stick him at third base and say, let's see what you got. Let's see what you, how you can play. Or stick him in the outfield and say, show us what you can do. Show us how you can play. And give him that chance. And maybe you're not asking him to be a superstar for 13, 14 years. You're hoping that you could squeeze, let's say, half a season out of him. Half a season of production. Half a season of saying, man, I lost my big chance in L.A., but I'm not going to lose it here. Damn it. I'm going to make this work. Damn it. The same thing can happen with the New York Mets. The New York Mets are in a situation where they're going to lose David Wright for a period of time. Now, the Mets are, like the Royals, a defending pennant winner and a team that is right in the middle of a pennant race. They're also a team that has a bunch of other players around them that you're not necessarily thinking that you're going to want him to, you know, carry the team. You're not asking uh, Alex Guerrero to be a superstar on the Mets. It's like, hey, keep this, keep this seat warm and see how you do. Because Wright's probably going to, you know, Wright's on the disabled list right now. And Duda's on the disabled list. Now, granted, James Loney has come in to fill in. And, but, you know, Loney, it's not like they've, they're bringing in a reincarnated Lou Gehrig. There's always going to be room for someone to play on the Mets, if, especially if they start hitting at one point or another, to be along with probably the biggest superstar from Cuba in the major leagues, Ioannis Cespedes, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. You can find moments where there is lightning in a bottle. These are not baseball cards. These are not stats on your fantasy baseball team. These are players with pride, with egos, and people who can take some of this stuff really, really personally. Say, oh, you think I'm no good? Oh, you didn't really give you gave me one shot and and now you think I'm now you think I'm yesterday's garbage? Well guess what? I'm gonna put on a Met uniform. I'm gonna put a royal hell, I'll put on a giant uniform. I just said they need an outfielder on either on either side, and Guerrero can play the outfield. Look at I know Guerrero didn't play great defense. I know they didn't light it up. But maybe, just maybe, that mindset of, man, I got dumped. I got dumped. They're treating me like garbage. Is that who I am? Baseball is littered with players who got a second chance. People who 
dusted themselves off and made the best of it. Hell, in Oakland right now, they have a Cy Young contender in Rich Hill. Rich freaking Hill, a player who's been thrown on the garbage heap more times than you can imagine. A man who probably should no longer be playing. And here's a guy who was so highly touted with his skills that he became a millionaire many times over before he even wore a major league uniform. You don't instantly lose that ability. But you could lose the direction, you can lose the space in line, you could not be in the right organization, you may be stagnant, there could be complacency. I don't know. I'm not going to play armchair psychologist even though I just did. But there is something you can do. You can look at a player and say, hey, wait a minute. You once had ability. Show us what you can do. We'll give you a shot. What is there to lose if you're the Royals and Mets or even the Giants to give a former superstar prospect a chance to not carry the team, but to merely prove that they are worth at least some of the money that they're getting? Because right now he's being thrown on the garbage heap. I look at the Royals, they're a team that has a great infrastructure. I look at the Mets, they're a team that's riding at the right point. I'm looking at the Giants, and, I, and I'll say it, they're the best-run team in baseball. I look at the Dodgers, that's an organization that's in somewhat flux. Put in a guy with talent, with ability, and who's had some lumps into a fine organization, eh, you never know. It's worth a shot. Hey, uh, go to MLB Reports to check out the latest ep- the latest update. Sorry, of who owns baseball. Uh, you can go to slowbaseball.wordpress.com, like me on Facebook, so on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at slowbaseball.com. Music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Giving suggestions to what teams should do. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Just give it some thought. And you can call me Sully.